Hello and welcome back to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. And uh, sorry for not posting uh, an episode in a while. Um, I have still been reading Heinlein, but I have also not been recording much because of the um, it's because of the Chinese New Year. So with that out of the way, let's uh, jump in. I hope I'm going to be able to catch up with uh, the Heinlein I've been reading um, lately. Quite a lot, quite a few long stories. They're, they're called short stories, but some of them are pretty lengthy, which is why they, they work good as fix-up novels. Um, some of them anyways. Um, the story I'm going to look at today is Coventry, um, which, like If This Goes On, was published later in The Revolt in 2100. I think there's three stories in that collection. They don't these those two go together, I guess. If it goes on in Coventry, the last one is Misfit, which we already looked at, which almost seems retconned into this um, story, in this broader story. But I this story stands on its own. You don't have to read if this goes on to understand it. It does fit into the future history narrative that uh, Heinlein was working on at this time. Uh, this was also interestingly published right after if this goes on literally the next episode or not or not next episode next issue I should say of of astounding um, science fiction so that was in 1953 so I was I was actually finding these uh, issues in archive.org and it was literally the next uh, issue after the second part of this if this goes on so seems to have been written um, sorry it was 1940 revolt in 2100 was 1953. Um, so July of 1940 was the original publication. Um, so it uh, pretty simple story. Uh, we basically have a couple, two characters here. The main one is David McKinnon, and uh, in many ways, this is set some time after, like decades after. If this goes on after that revolution, and I think if you've read. Actually, I almost recommend reading For Us to Living as a way to understand this. This is like taking one aspect of For Us to Living and, and riffing on it a little bit. Like we don't get in For Us to Living this idea of exile. But we do get this idea of the justice system being based on kind of a consent of the punished and uh, psychological evaluation and psychological reform. This idea that we can um, fix people from their antisocial violent behaviors by uh, through some kind of psycho- psychological treatment, right? Like Dianetics, essentially. I know this is the time those ideas of Dianetics were being developed. Please read Astounding, uh, the biography of Heinlein uh, Hubbard and Asimov, um, which is very brilliant, a very wonderful book that, that talks a little bit about this. In fact, I should probably pick up a copy of that book because it does, I think it will help me with this series a little bit if I have that kind of on my shelf next to me. But anyway, so David McKinnon, we just see him at the opening scene of the story. He is in uh, a courtroom being accused of some kind of romantic, vi- vi- romance-based, 
uh, violence against uh, someone else, some kind of assault. And he uh, is given a choice to speak as long as he wants. The court says you have the right to speak um, about. And then basically the court says you have a, you, you're, you're going to be punished. You're guilty. But your two choices are to submit to psychological therapy, uh, psychological treatment, or to go essentially go to Coventry. Uh, you know, which is to go outside of the United States, the new U.S. government. So our United States is divided up between whatever comes after the revolution described in If This Goes On and this Coventry area, which is just an amorphous area kind of in the western part of the present day U.S. And the assumption you have early on is that this is some kind of individualist anarchist Utopia, I don't like putting those two words together. It's kind of like, it's not clear what it is. In fact, the government inside the U.S. doesn't seem to care. They just says, go out. Now, you can come back anytime you want, but you have to undergo psychological treatment if you do that. Um, but it's like totally a choice. So this, as I said, this is established. And if this goes, go, if this goes on as kind of a, a, a punishment system or a, a, a criminal justice system, if you will, that's based on the consent of of the punished, as well as being scientific and for the betterment betterment of society, based on this idea that people psychologically can be corrected through uh, through some sort of edu you know education. We get a little bit of a window into this in if this goes on where. You know, this kind of word association games they play and tests you have to take and studies you have to do. It's, it's described. It's a bit boring, but you, you imagine that's what he would have to go through. And uh, anyways, McKinnon, at the story begins, is a radical individualist. And he accuses the society of all sorts of faults, like controlling the weather, um, making love only after pulling out the slide rule and figuring out if there's a compatibility in emotional states. Um, you know, he just thinks it's too boring. And there's like, you're losing kind of that individualism and the romanticism and the excitement of life. So he says, I rather go to Coventry. I'd rather do that or die than submit myself to psychological treatment, be transformed and be entered into the society. Now, in many ways, this story is almost a defense of this system. You know, we, we start out sympathetic to David McKinnon. That's probably by intention. Um, we see him as a character who's romantic and idealist and and wants to stick it to the man. And, and, and we kind of start out thinking, well, this, whatever happened in, if this goes on, that revolution leads to a, a, uh, a kind of psychologically authoritarian state in a way, even though it has the facade of freedom, it's banal and homogenous and, and kind of boring, kind of like what you get in if this goes on. Um, not sorry, not if this goes on in, in for us for us the living. These these titles, uh, these titles based on these different phrases. Um, anyways, that's. The, that's how you kind of start out on McKinnon's side, and he has our point of view throughout the story. But by the end of the story, you're basically being told it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Psychological treatment's really not that bad. In fact, McKinnon gets 
there without actually having to go through the treatment, just through his actions. He proves that he's reformed. Um, the other thing we have here is you start out thinking, assuming that, oh, it must be some kind of anarchist out there. It's some kind of anarchy. No state is going to be out there in Coventry. It's just, uh, and that's what McKinnon essentially thinks. He's like, oh, I'm going to live out in the woods and I'm going to hunt deer and I'm going to start a fire with two sticks and, and I'll be fine. I'll build up my farm. I got my technology here and I'm going to, you know, make it. I'm going to, I'm going to homestead out there somewhere in the West. That's what he thinks. But, uh, and he actually like, great, I'm fine. Get away. I can start a new life. I'll be happy. Um, and in fact, what he finds are just three states that are the same, that were worse than the United States of America. So there's no escape from the state. I think that's the bad news in the story is there really is. You just got to choose the state you want. So I think he starts out with in New America, and that's uh, the closest maybe to the United States or of today, not the United States that we get in the story. Not the one within this kind of bubble. It's kind of, there's kind of an in around an electric field blocking off Coventry from the rest of the United States. But New America is closest to probably our world, right? Which is a, a, a fallen, corrupt, bureaucratic, uh, qua, you know, on the surface democratic. But it's just it's just after money. It's kind of it's it's. It's not even, you don't want to even call it capitalist, although it probably is in the sense that we live in a capitalist society that's just um, rife with corruption. Of course, all capitalism is essentially uh, requiring state authority to prop it up. I don't know if Heinlein would agree with that, though. Uh, but yeah, I think New America is his reflection of modern America. And if you were to see it today, he, he probably wouldn't change his opinion that much. And so the first thing they do is basically like tax him for, you know, I think it's importing things without a license or whatever. And they, they put him in jail for vagrancy, all this kind of stuff that actually were laws in the United States, even in Heinlein's time. Uh, and he has to pay off his debt. He basically is sentenced to be a slave. And once he's in jail, he's like given 30 days and he's got a, a debt to pay off. And the guy in jail tells him like, dude, it's not 30 days or, you know, after this, you're going to have to pay off the debt and you don't have any money. So you're going to end up working, you know, f forever for them to pay off this debt. You're basically going to be a, a state slave through the prison system, which, wow, kind of very similar to what we have now, right? Where we have industries thriving off of the exploitation of, of, of prison labor. Okay, then he learned. So he meets this guy Fader McGee uh, in prison. They break out, and now he can learn more about the rest of the societies. Uh, there's two other states, and again, it's all states. There, there's a suggestion maybe he could go out in the woods, or go on the mountains, and maybe find a free space. But it's not like there's going to be any food for him to eat. He can't live alone. It's like that's a fantasy you had back in the United States that you could somehow live free of of state authority there's no escape you're there's only different variants of power right like there's no wild spaces it's, it's just a dream that there are, are okay then we have uh the other state is the angels which is a uh, theocratic it's kind of like uh maybe the leftovers of the of the 
because it's run by a prophet. So they seem to be the remnants of the government in charge. And if this goes on, um, it's we don't get much of a window into it. It's just that they seem to they, I think they seem to kidnap people and take them in and brainwash them into the theocracy. And it's just the religious nuts are still hanging out and they have their own state owned Coventry. Obviously, these are people that could not have made it in the United States. That's the other thing. Like, it's not clear how much of the population is born in these three states outside the U.S. How many are people who went to Coventry, like McKinnon? It, it's some mixture for sure that many of these people did go to go to uh, Coventry. And then we have a dictatorship, which is uh, so we, you know, I this might be Heinlein's vision of of, of like Nazi Germany or something. Uh, they have a ironic, their ironic name is like the free state. They have an ironically named leader called the liberator. But, uh, the interesting thing about them is they're going to war with, uh, new America. So we have almost kind of like a Orwellian system out here, even before Orwell, um, in the free state. But unfortunately we don't get enough of a window into free state and the angels. I would, uh, Maybe in other stories, we'll get a more of a window into this as we read more of the future history. We'll keep our eyes open for that. But it certainly it's, it seems clear to me that New America is his reflection of America at the time. The United States that McKinnon is fleeing is, is essentially this utopian vision that he is sympathetic to, as we see in um, For Us the Living. And, and the angels are obviously throwbacks to 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 the middle ages as we, we as we've already seen but then we have this authoritarian state as well and i don't know what his model for that is if he's saying trying to say they're the soviets or the nazis or something like that but anyways um he breaks out of jail with this guy mcgee and then he kind of joins up with him and meets his family and eventually learns about the world tries to come up with different options for himself he realizes he can't escape a state he's not going to have this individualist utopia he wants he's not gonna be able to be a homesteader free from any society wherever he goes he's going to be part of a society which might very well be the lesson that Heinlein's trying to say the, the psychological reform would be you're part of a society and you owe that society something and it's not escapable. So uh, some degree of conformance to the society's norms is, is required. So anyways, the plot though is driven by the fact that New America is teaming up with the free state or both working to kind of putting their differences aside to work together to attack the barrier and they figure out how to like use the barrier get through the barrier and then reorient the barriers power source or whatever to be a weapon against the United States so they think they have a chance of actually defeating the United States even though they have a much smaller population the United States is a much uh, stronger state more people they think they might be able to win and defeat them why it's not entirely clear to me why they want to do that, um, but 
but that's how the plot is, is moved forward, I guess. Maybe I missed something, but I didn't get a very satisfying answer in my read-through about why they would want to do that. It's, it seems both, there's kind of an, uh, they're both sides are sort of indifferent to each other, right? Uh, well, you know, the, the United States certainly is indifferent to what's going on in Coventry. They have no idea, really. There's almost no information. Maybe they just want land or territory. But population, maybe. I could imagine the free state here would want populations for conscripts and soldiers and to feed their authoritarian machine. New America needs prison labor. So who knows? Maybe there's a, justifica maybe there's a justification in that. But they decide to go back to the United States and warn them of the attack. Um, but uh, before doing that, McKinnon, and basically at the end of the story, McKinnon uh, learns that Fedder's actually working for the United States. He's like a spy in Coventry. So the government, the U.S. seems to know something about Coventry anyways, at least because they seem to be sending out spies. And McKinnon concludes at the end, you know what? Maybe this psychological training is not that bad because the Coventry sucks. And it's not as bad as whatever is maybe inside the walls of the United States. And then, but he's told like, oh, no, 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 you're cured. You're like, you saved the day. You're the hero. So in a deus ex machina kind of style, he's declared free of, free of his um, bad behavior and not in need of psychological therapy. Now, the only way I can read this outside of just being a cop-out to finish the story before it got too long. You know, he could have ended it just saying he goes into therapy. But no, Heinlein wants to show our hero as reformed. Well, what reformed him? The helping the United States? Like, you know, narking on, the, on, on New America, as crappy as it is? Um, maybe that's all. He served the state. That proves he's a member of society. He's willing to sacrifice for the greater good. That might be it. Maybe it's the realization that there is no existence outside of a society of some sort. Um, you know, he can kind of put to rest his his dream of being somehow in a free kind of that kind of free homesteader environment outside of uh, outside of state power. And the the fact that he grows up in a way and realizes this is the therapy. Um, I don't know. That's, uh, that's the story. So it's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. I, it's, it doesn't drag on as, it has a very similar plot actually to if this goes on where you have someone on one side of a border crosses over to the other side and then partakes in, in some kind of revolution overthrowing the, you know, challenging some authority. In this case, it's the people in Coventry he's challenging, but it's kind of, kind of he enters a movement. In, you know, in both stories, the main character enters sort of a movement culture, becomes loyal to that movement. At one point, he has to swear allegiance to like some kind of guild structure kind of thing. But it's structurally, you know, a bit of a reflection of, it, of this goes on. 
but um, yeah, I think overall pretty pretty solid story, and there's uh, I think a lot to think about. I, I like it's 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 much more concise approach than than if this goes on, which does drag on a little bit. So in a way, I would say like if you're gonna read Revolt in 2100, um, it, that this is basically like the bulk of that is if this goes on, Coventry and Misfit are basically codas to it. Because there's no there's no further revolt at this point. It's just a defense of this new system, uh, worked out in some detail and uh, for us to living. Misfit is just one aspect of this where it's like an, I guess it's another way out for social defectives, which isn't hinted at in this story. Um, I think this is def that's definitely red red kind to sort of fit into this world. I think because. Uh, there seems to be a, you know, a, you could go to space, too. Yeah, eventually. Maybe they can't go to space in the timeline of Coventry. Later on, they can, so they send the dysfunctional kids, the juvenile delinquents, up into space. Um, so I guess that does it for Revolt in 2100. I don't think we'll come back to any stories there um, unless I actually pick up the book itself. And some, there might be some other material that are added. But as far as I know, it's just those three stories. Um, so the next story seems to me to be a much more uh, straightforward tale uh, about nuclear power called Blowups Happen. So I'm... So I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll put together my thoughts on what to say about that story a little bit later. It's kind of uh, closer to, to stories like Let There Be Light and Lifeline, which deal with like technology and innovation or the Rogue Once Roll. It does the same thing in a way. Um, you know, there's even some functionalism in it. So actually, I think that even though it uh, seems to be kind of a new topic uh, from what we've been doing for the last few episodes, I do think it it builds on Heinlein's like perspective and, and philosophy significantly. So um, it's a um, I've never heard of this before I did this read through. Um, so that's. So maybe you haven't heard of it either. It's also written the same year as Coventry and if this goes on. So it, I think it's, like, again, it's like the next episode of Astounding. Um, but anyways, that's what's coming up next. So blowups happen. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about that next time. So um, that's it for now. Um, let me know what you think. If you have any thoughts on Coventry, let me know what they are. I will see you next time. <laughs>